0: Fighters, You gotta get me a record. It's our 10th album. we got to break the mold on this one. Let's, up. Let's go somewhere we've never been. This place is amazing. Do you guys get this overwhelming sense of death? Whoa. It doesn't really seem like the right fit.
1: The sound of this house is the sound of album ten. All right, Aren't right, you guys. Amps, living room.
0: Let me apologize in advance for all the rock
1: we're about to make. Got a couple of ideas I've been working on. I'll lay them on you. Dude, wait. No, it's called Everlong, and you wrote it about twenty years ago.
2: How you feeling? Everything okay?
1: Ever
0: since we moved into this house. My mind is flooded.
3: We all have writer's block.
2: This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. It allows spiritual entities to cross into our world.
0: Oh, my God!
1: Dude has got one flu over the cuckoo's nest, crazy.
0: <laughs> it's this place, man. Let's finish the track. Can we just wait, dude?
1: You found a new musical note? Oh, yes, I did. It's an L. Any chefs in the group? I'm pretty handy on a grill. Yeah, you like your
0: meat charred and dry. Ah! He does make a killer barbecue. (laughs) What do we do? We go save his ass. Is the album almost done? Yeah, it's killer. Here
3: you go,
1: man. Finish the song. You
0: did
3: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Heroes Asylum Movies. I'm Jeff, one of the co-hosts of this show, and the other side is my buddy Mike.
1: Good evening, sir. Good evening, man, and welcome to a bonus, bonus episode bonus! of, bonus. of uh, Midnight Movies. We don't do these that often. You know what we should call this? Do you remember the back in the days of The Edge? The secret shows? The secret shows, I, yeah. Should be a secret That's show. what I call the shows I've accidentally deleted on us. <laughs> yeah we did have a couple of secret shows yeah we did yeah did
3: you delete all of them really oh. they, they
1: were accidents yeah it was it wasn't on purpose
3: oh okay god because yeah there's some good there's some good but um
1: yeah so we're doing a, a
3: bonus episode a movie that was brought to my attention when of the tra- the, tra- the trailer came out i believe in it's it was recent maybe yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah it, it
1: hit pretty quick i think um was it December maybe in early January? I, I think, yeah, I think early January because like I think in November last year, 20, uh, 2021, uh, it was reported that film starring them was was uh, shot in secret. So like just in November, like the news came out about, hey, there's a movie that the Foo Fighters filmed during the pandemic. And, it, you know, this was released February 25th. So, yeah, I want to say around January is when I think I started hearing. And again, it was low rumbling you know yeah. it was just kind of this low rumble going on you know, just everything else in the news we kind of you know it, this got buried because you know people are thinking okay it's just a you know you think a band does a fucking movie you're thinking you know, kiss versus the phantom of the Cir. Sur- you know <laughs> so, so you're thinking you know something wait, the we world. will do that movie this that year. that is now. something that we are planning on doing because we do have a few uh a few hardcore kiss fans and uh we were actually going to do that last year i think during yeah, thanksgiving. thanksgiving yeah thanksgiving. with uh with our buddy uh mr benjamin and uh that fell through, but, uh, but yeah, no, that, but honestly, you know, when, that, when I first heard about it, that's I was like, oh, okay, that's just a fucking throwaway. It'll be goofy. It'll be fun. I mean, if anybody remembers early Foo Fighter, you know, videos, you'll know, think about, like, learning to fly and stuff like that, you know, with Kyle Gass and, and, the, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and Dave. So I thought it would just be fun, but then the more when this came out and you see the cast and you, you see the cameos, you're like, wow, this is really cool. And the fact that they did this during the pandemic – And filmed it, and getting these people together. I mean, you've got you've got uh, fucking Lionel Richie on here. You've got Whitney Cummings. You've got Carrie King. I mean, just like the cast alone, you're like, okay, it's kind of weird. What?
3: Okay, I don't even want to mention what Lionel Richie does. I'm just I'm gonna wait till we watch
1: the film. And there's and there's a special guest for for a director of a of movies that we've done before.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I could do when he came. I couldn't believe it. And like just. And I thought, like, for me, because I did not realize, like, I thought it was a joke. I was like, "Oh, we're just, we have to make our tenth album." I'm like, "Oh no, that they are making their tenth album." I didn't even realize. Well,
1: they were there at the, they were stuck in the house, and they're like, they, they started. I think what Dave was saying is like when they were there. In the recording studio, they just notice like the vibe of the house, and they're like, "Hey, why don't we get some cameras and just have something fun for us?" Because you got to think back. I mean, a, m- a lot of times that's how bands do it. They lot of it's not that they're all stuck in a studio. No, a lot of like, bands will bring a studio into a home. And, and right, yeah, like yeah I think uh, like I know I know for like my generation, I know they've done it before, you know, way before that. But for like my generation, Rick Rubin was known for going to rent a house in the Hollywood yeah. Hills. And like uh, what was it was a Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. Yep. It was Same made it was made in a home. Uh, J- uh, Johnny Cash, uh, his very first album with American Records, Cash, where it was just him and his guitar. They, they, he, got, he grabbed Johnny, brought him into another home, not his home, brought him into home and they recorded. So you get this warmth when you're hearing a lot of these great, awesome albums and that's what they do. And a lot of times when the albums are released, like for me, with
3: "Songs of Faith and Devotion" by Depeche Mode, they had rented out a villa in Milan exactly. to make that entire record. Yeah. And it shows, like if you go through the album sleeves, that's them in that house mm-hmm. recording that record. It's a lot and of times, see, yeah, you see bands
1: doing it. There's something warmth in about these these great albums. Yeah, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin was known for doing it. I think Led, actually Led Zeppelin. That's how they they uh, they ran into uh, Abba when I think they were doing Zeppelin 4. They were up in Sweden writing it, and that just sets a tone and a mood for the music. You know, when mm-hmm. you're out in these environments, you know, you're up in the Hollywood Hills writing you know, songs. So, and, and it's great to just shove everybody into one one place, get that bonding experience together.
3: Yeah, because you bond, you're, you're going through situations, you're trying to build a record from the ground up. And of course, what a better way to do it than hanging out, hey, what's going on? You're drinking and you're vibing. And guess what? You have your instruments and everything right there. Oh, I came up with this great idea. Dude, let's go record
1: it. Let's, I mean, that's, that's why great. a lot of up-and-coming bands would sit there and, re- and, move, and live together. They would be roommates, not just to save help, save money. But that helps with your writing process because you're right there with your band when when the mood hits you. Yeah, mean, you you know right. how I am. yo. Know, every once in a while, I'll be sitting there. All of a sudden, like I'll have a day when I just start texting you like just this flood of just like ideas are coming out of idea. me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can't yeah. stop. But
3: here, Listen. And I listen, and I'll yeah. be the same way. Like, dude, what, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And yeah, it's 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 sort of the same, but it's the same wavelength. Like, hey, I got this. I got this. I, this is in my head. I want to do this. And
1: yeah, just, so, just imagine if we were in the same house at the same time. <laughs> it would be like, hey, okay, you're here now. We're doing this. You never, <laughs> hey, you, you never know.
3: You never know. That is so, not all. That.
1: Well, let's go ahead and get this started. Yes, sir.
3: So uh, what we're doing is a studio six six six. If you guys didn't, you know, it's called the beast if you can get it. It's a, I don't want to say it's a documentary. I'm just gonna call it a film.
1: So just because I don't know what the hell it is, but uh. they call it American comedy horror film. I mean, it's, it's it's basically what it is. You know, it's 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 Foo Fighters Bubba Hotep. <laughs> Did we is that in the, I think that's on the list for October. Uh, that's, a, that's in the wish list. I don't know if it's on the list for October I, yet. Yeah, yeah, I but have it, to but look. it is in the it is in my it is but, in but my I, my, uh, I my recently
3: saw that for the first time. What?
1: You've never yeah, seen that before? Until I've never, never seen it. Before. Oh, I've <laughs> seen
3: No, because you kept mentioning it over and over again. I'm like, "You know, have I watched this movie?" And then I finally watched <laughs> it. I'm like, Oh, damn. I hope this is
1: on the list. But, oh, yeah. It, it, just, it, it yes. will be. No, it will be because it's one of my one of my all-time. If life it's life. not
3: on the list, it's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, guys, if you don't have it, I, I think it's on Hulu. I think it's streaming.
1: Maybe you could rent it. Not sure. I would say Blockbuster. But it doesn't exist anymore. But yeah. if you can find it, find it. If not, just listen to our book. I think it's in that middle middle period where I think it still might be in some uh, some theaters, but there are some other places you can get a hold of it.
3: Yeah, if you are in L.A., I'm sure you could catch it at some indie parlor. But unfortunately, here in Florida... Maybe the Enzion's playing us. Who knows? But uh,
1: no, it was actually. I think it was actually in the AMC. You know, when, uh, last time we, when you and I went to we went to the movies, um, it was at it was at the AMC. It was at. That you sure it was yeah. there, uh, mm-hmm. there? was a poster for her right in front when we were leaving. I gotta get. Because I was talking to our friend Cindy about. It. I was like, I want to go see that. And I got the eye roll and the head shake. Well, we always get the eye roll, head shake. For her. Not not together. Together, that that that's a special. That's a special thing when you get them together. Oh,
3: <laughs> that's true. Okay. Well, She's in Vegas. Hopefully she's having fun. Anyway, so let's go start this thing, kids. I usually do a countdown to get you guys started. So, uh, you know, by now, it's been three years. If you don't, get with it. Three, two, one. There's your studios, and at first, I thought these were jokes, like therapy studios, like Roswell. Like,
1: come on. Well, they're probably yeah. studios that they named, you know. So, I mean, if you're gonna if you, trust me, if you're gonna make your own production company, you're gonna make it something goofy and fun, and you know, yeah. something different for for yourself. Like for the longest time, I thought Bad Robot was a joke, but that's actually a real studio. <laughs>
3: Calm before the storm. Ew. You got the bone sticking out. Damn. Whoa. Oh, Ouch. Sh- Dude, I, I gotta. The practical friends are on point, too. It's like an old school horror movie. Ouch. Ouch. That's gonna hurt. Ooh, yeah. Well, you can tell a lot of influences right here. I'm not sure who... Studio 666. I'm as surprised as Ozzy hasn't done anything like this.
1: Well, you gotta realize, Ozzy's not as dark and creepy as everybody makes him out to be. He's... His songs, when you actually really listen to his songs, they're not that creepy. You know, they're a lot of his songs are. Some of his songs are fucking you know, kind of uplifting when you listen to them. You know, now now like a now an Alice Cooper, I could definitely see because his whole his whole image, his whole style is based off of something horror based. Welcome to my nightmare. yeah, but Ozzy, yeah, see, to me, Ozzy, I've never. I think it's his fan base is all about that, but um. But yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think him. Yeah, see, I knew it, John Carpenter. Yeah, he's on. Yeah. John
3: Carpenter was on there. Look at that. Dave has some has some clout. Got some good people behind this shit. I could tell this was very Carpenter esque, and then when I was, oh yeah, it is. based on a story by Dave Grohl. Can you imagine if it said like a true life story? I was like, really Did that happened? <laughs> <laughs> that explains all the new guys in uh Dave's yeah. band. I was going to ask you about that. Like I was like, the Foo Fighters are a very large band in this film. I I don't remember them being that yeah, big. No, they're a
1: normal five piece. They've got two guitar players, three guitar players actually if you count Dave, bass player and drums. So yeah, it's So the, those are the, those are the members of the Foo Fighters on that table. Right there? Yeah.
3: Man, I, I, cause I don't remember like the, um,
1: dude with the, sh- do with the long, the short gray hair. I don't remember. Like, I don't oh, remember. That's Pat Smear, man. He's been for, he's, he was the backup, he was the second guitar player on Nirvana's Unplugged album. He was the guitar player from The Germs. You remember The Germs? Oh. That's back in
3: the, damn. yeah. All
1: Pat, right, Pat all is all actually, right. uh, Pat is actually 62 years old. Yeah, he's about ten years older than uh, all, all older than the rest of the band.
3: And Dave still looks the freaking
1: same. Yeah. No, you've got, you know, Pat, you've got Tyler, uh, bass player. Um well, like most of, I, of I these don't... guys have been sent with them since the beginning. Now it's it's never it's usually Dave in the studio. Like he does all of his own music, but he, these are the guys he tours with. Well, at least that's how it started.
3: Mm-hmm. Didn't him and Taylor go to high school together, though? And that's how we found No, him, no, no, no. Okay.
1: No, Taylor actually uh, was the original drummer for Alanis Morissette's band. Uh, he actually left. Like, he did, he wasn't the band for the album for, for uh, Jagged Little Pill, but he was their, her uh, touring band. And so, like, she went around with him everywhere, and uh, he actually left. Through it's the Alanis tour. tour okay. Yeah, because Dave offered him the job with Foo Fighters, and she's like, oh, I mean... He- she got, she's like, it hurts. This is my band. This is the guys I came up with. You know that I started my career with these guys. I mean, she had a a Canadian pop thing going on, very like, uh, very Robin Sparkles esque. <laughs> Not really. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. She was actually. Dude, 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 say, dude. you say. You look up. No, look up some of uh some of Alanis's um, uh, Canadian uh, releases, dude. There's some fucking heavy, like borderline, like dark shit, like her and like fucking like leather getups and stuff. I mean, it surprises me. I thought you were going to say Robin Sparkle shit. I was like, dude. I "Well, no, I did. I was just because it's it's just because it's sort of spoofing Alanis, honestly because she was on a Canadian kid show growing up. Go ahead, find the straw. You get it. But uh, but no, yeah. So yeah, Tyler was with her for like her first like like I think first two three years, and then she he got a got offered to go to Foo Fighters, and he jumped over there. Actually, Tyler went to the same music school I did. He was in there. I think he was in there like a year before I was. Yeah, we were talking about the Goldbergs last episode. That's the that's the dad that was in the Goldbergs. That's the dad, yeah. Yeah. And he, I heard he quit the show or got fired. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think there was something going on, and he was. Yeah, he he hasn't shown up in a lot this season. If you watch some of the episodes, it's digital of him, like stock footage that they had of him. And his stand-in, you know, so there's certain episodes, certain scenes you'll see where it's his back, and you know it's not him. It's uh, there's a wedding episode for uh, the Goldbergs, and you just watch. You're like, oh, what are you're gonna get years? me on this show? I know it. I'm telling you, man. You, you, like I said, it captures our youth. It's all. It's about us. You know how the Wonder Years were about our ki- or like our parents' age. Mm-hmm. The Goldbergs is for us. It, it's about everything we went through. Yeah, that's, that's all you I mean. had to say.
3: If the Goldbergs is our Wonder. Years. Yeah, it is now.
1: basically. It, it's basically what it is because they. they, they every they're like in the same like year to two year difference of us kind of ominous yeah i think the newer guy is the uh, the guy with the long hair and the beard chris uh chris uh, the other guys i i recognize like i said dave, tyler, nate those guys have been there forever yeah and pat yeah they've all been there since like day one
3: Let's be honest, dude. The band is
1: Dave Grohl. Well, at the beginning. I mean, look at the the
3: musicians are good. Yeah, but at the heart of it, if there's no Dave Grohl, there's no Foo Fighters. It's got to be hard to be a drummer for the Foo Fighters, though, because you know where Dave Grohl came from. To be, it's got to be a lot of pressure. It's kind of like when you're in Genesis, and Phil Collins was the drummer before, and he's so good, and you bring in another drummer, you got to match him, like. Foo Fighters has to match what Dave Grohl thinks in his head because he hey yeah, man, have you, you
1: know you, have you listened to Alanis Morissette's first album? Yeah. Okay, I think I think Tyler can handle himself just fine.
3: No, I, I know I know that. I'm just saying yeah. like it's got to be hard because you know Dave Grohl is considered one of the best rock drummers alive. And then you have like Taylor like sliding in, and yeah, he's a, he's a good drummer. I'm not saying he's a shitty drummer. He's a, he's good. He's really good. <laughs> So this was really the house they recorded their yep. tenth album. In?
1: Yeah, they they got got some cameras together and.
3: <laughs> Dream Willow. Let's remember, they were like Jane's Addiction. Dude, this should freak me out right here when he's clapping. <laughs> yes, dude. This is it. <clears throat> you got a favorite Foo Fighter
1: song? What's that?
3: You got a favorite Foo Fighter song? On top of your head, or like there's there's so many. There's so
1: many. It's it's kind of tough. I mean,
3: but for me, dude, I go to the oldie but goodies. Ever long, that's still my favorite.
1: I mean, I'm a big Heroes fan, but again, that was probably because it was like one of my favorite ones to play.
3: Learner Fly is good, too.
1: And then, but again, I mean, I, I think my favorite album for them was their second album. Was uh, was the second or third? Uh, Monkey Wrench?
3: Uh, isn't Monkey Wrench their first? No, no, no. Oh, dude, look at that cameo.
1: There he is. Dude,
3: it's so funny how they have Carrie King as a fucking tech guy. <laughs> Dude, another thing we were talking about uh, off-air is great guitar players. Yeah. Gary King, there's another one. Did you hear the rumor that him and um, Phil Lombardo had beef is the reason that they kind of broke up Slayer?
1: Yeah, I've kind of. I I
3: don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I. Which to me sucks, man. (laughs) Where do you rank them in drummers? Dave Grohl as far as like drummers like overall like I mean I know they have categories I mean you're a musician fufu guy I'm sure they categorize different drummers like classical rock and like you know well I mean country.
1: you got you got you know I mean he's not going to be a Neil Peart or Dave Gordy yeah, okay. I mean he's you know he's just not going to be the technical guy but as like as like a creative drummer because even like a lot of people will crap on like guys like Ringo Starr because it just they think he was just back there like holding this no beat. but no, when you no, actually I'm, sit and like listen to what Ringo did I mean, it was amazing, but I would put him on on par with like a Ringo because of he he was there, didn't draw much attention to himself. You know that that's one thing I'll say. It's, I, I would put him on par with like a Ringo because he was a solid, didn't do it, didn't didn't draw too much attention to himself, but he was a solid, solid guy and knew and did some really creative shit when it with his uh with his art. You know, he's definitely not a like a Stuart Copeland from like you know the police or you know, a Bono no, or anything. Yeah, I mean, no. he's definitely not in that range, but. Although I, I'm a big Stuart Copeland guy. He's good, too. Did no you man. watch the uh, documentary where he was talking about, like, his, his influences at, from drumming? No, no. It's so fucking great. I'm trying to remember who he was sitting there talking to. He was talking to a a, a rap artist, I think. Was that, was it Usher? Maybe? I don't know if it was Usher or not. And he was talking about, like, what his what his influences was growing up. Ginger Baker.
3: Ginger Baker had to be in there.
1: No, Disco. His his intro, his style this was disco, time. and he's like, what, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "He's like, listen to the intro to to Teen Spirit, and you hear that bata, 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 bata. That's a fucking Gap Band. He ripped off the Gap Band for the intro to one of the biggest grunge styles ever. That's that that's that two time fucking upbeat thing that they do on like fucking disco." <laughs>
3: Dude, I didn't even realize that until.
1: Then. Yeah, yeah, it just like blows you my you know, You want, look, look it up. There's an interview with him talking about it. And he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "No, this is like that pata, pata that that offbeat like intro is from the fucking Cat Band that he, that he ripped him off."
3: That'll be my Halloween costume this year. That should be Ben's Halloween costume. What? This the uh, it's an easy costume to do. would have been cool to have Ben on here? I know Tamara's seen his film, but I'm not sure if he has.
1: I'm pretty sure, yeah. What's your time code?
3: Uh, I am at... Hold on. I got a volume thing sticking out. 1459. All right. Now 1514. Fucking
1: ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Bet you that's Dave's, uh, Dave Lombardo's favorite scene.
3: Oh I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure like uh, He's
1: like yeah Fuck him guy has got that sitting on replay In his, his bedroom
3: yeah, He's probably Has it on loop Hey baby Check this out Fuck that guy Man just do a record In his honor man You can do it Do your thing Now, there's a song, the song that they're, I'm to spoil it. They're creating this song throughout when we get there. The song that they do create, is that a Foo Fighter song? Because I've been looking for it.
1: <laughs> well, they're working on the album, so I don't know. Did they release a new album yet? I, that's
3: what I'm asking. Like, yeah, is do Okay. I thought you might have known. Kiss the grills. Kiss the grits.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm sure Dave Girl picked up a couple
0: things, you know.
1: It might be on. Uh, yeah, there's a new album, uh, Medicine at Midnight.
0: What's so the release?
1: It's, uh, it looks like it came out uh, February last year, so.
3: I wonder if it's.
1: It might be when they were doing it.
3: Hmm. Okay. I'll have to check that out. This guy's sixty-two years old, huh? Jesus. Dave's got to be up there too. He's got to be in his fifties. Right?
1: Yeah, uh, I think he's fifty-one, fifty-two. Yeah, he's not that much older than us.
3: God, if I could be fifty-two and look like Dave, yeah, I'm doing something right.
1: Yeah, like I said, yeah, I think, uh, I think. Um, um, like the rest of the band's all like in their you know fifties early early fifties late forties and then Pat's the older one but again you got to realize they like Dave was influenced by Pat by the Germs you know the Nirvana was influenced by it's, the Germs I
3: know it's just it's wild that he's in that band now yeah. It's when well, you mentioned the Germs I was like
1: well, yeah I mean he was with Nirvana during their during the the unplugged concert and he was their backup guitar player for a long time I have to look at that
3: I gotta I gotta look back at that
1: oh yeah he's he's in the back you know he's not they don't like focus on him too much because he's the Basically, it's just a hired gun at that point, but yeah, he's in there.
3: I'm a great songwriter as well, Dave Grohl. I mean, you got to figure who he was in a band with before this, so I'm sure a little bit
1: rubbed off. Uh actually there was a lot that like look at some of the interviews that he has that he talks about. He him. doesn't and,
3: mention I mean I'm not sure I mean Yeah he uh, does. Like
1: there are some interviews does out he? there yeah where he talks about you because know, they ask, you know, well why did did you ever bring any of your song ideas to Kirk he's like I did, but then I also knew that this wasn't this band wasn't for that music. Mm. So he's like no, he's like there were a few songs that we tried to work on together and I brought a, f- a few that, you know, we tried to do, but he's like, No, it was more Kurt's you know, band, yeah, but but also at the same time, Kurt did talk about Dave's writing style, and he he said that he always said that he was a he was a different writer, but a he had a better style and a better he understood music a little bit better.
3: There was an article I read that that popped up on my Facebook feeds, and it mentioned like what would Kurt Cobain be doing nowadays if he was still in music, and I they were saying that. <laughs> well, there was one of the one one of them said he'd probably be out of the business by now because. Yeah. You know his music was sort of like you know, of that era, but then somebody mentioned um, Hubert Johnny Cash like, and then I thought about them like nah, I don't mm. see Johnny's a once in a lifetime guy. I well, don't know. John,
1: if, he's not once in a lifetime. John, Johnny is just like kind of what we talked about uh, last episode. Where we talked about people changing and with their styles evolving, and being evolving. And Johnny was a guy that could evolve. You know, he did change with his styles. He started off. He started mm. off as rockabilly. Then drifted over to country, and then during the like sixties and seventies, he was doing more uh, religious and um,
3: gospel, political, music, yeah.
1: political music. And then oh, but, he came but, back but, around. Yeah, so yeah, Johnny had a, that ability to morph.
3: <laughs> so you don't think Kurt
1: would have been around? Huh? Hmm. I don't know. I think I think he probably would have retired. or or left the band and started something
3: different (laughs) you did that already
1: I mean because you think of think of the 90s bands that that are still around there are not a lot of those bands I mean you got like the Afghan Wigs broke up and they came back together Uh, Pearl Jams like kind of sprinkled around every once in a while they'll get back together you know, Screaming Trees basically kind of like came back around and did stuff. You know, now he passed away. They're not going to get I back together. I, shit, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think eventually just like any band, Nirvana would have broken up. Dave would have probably got, had his chance to do his own music. They probably would have come back together a few times. But, yeah.
3: I could see Dave like Sting
1: when Sting left the police. Oh, Sting... I think his career wouldn't have changed that much. I mean, it probably would have started no, no, no. a little bit later. But I think also I think if he's even said it, he's like doing writing the Foo Fighters albums was a was a healing thing for him. It got him to go back to music, you know, because he's like I he didn't want to go back after the death. He's like I that's that I connected Kurt with music and and he did that in secret and he passed that that album out or tape around. I mean,
3: I'm not sure. I have not seen many. Like to me, my my time range was like Kurt died. I was leaving. I was on the verge of just leaving high school. I didn't hear it like till years later. Oh, who's this Foo Fighters band? Then I saw Dave Grohl. Like, oh, okay, that's the drummer from Nirvana. He made a band. Cool, dude. This is this is gold. This cameo is one of the yeah. best cameos, on par with Wolverine and X Men First Class. <laughs> love
1: that when scene. when this awesome. scene
3: when, when this scene came on, I wanted to text you so bad. I was like, "Oh my god!" But I did. I was like, no, he's, "He wants to wait."
1: Oh well, you see now, Kirk passed away in April 5th 94 in Foo Fighters uh, released
3: 96. 96 Yeah, but
1: he formed the band. They made their first public debut less than a year before after Kurt's death. It wasn't that long. Yeah, this is a call. The very first, their very first signal was released June 1995. And Kurt and Kurt passed away April 94. So it was literally a year and a couple of months. I remember the day he passed too. Oh yeah, me too. I remember exactly oh where it was. I was having so work. I, always, I, I was not Where was
3: I? No, no, no. I I I recall now. It, it came over the radio.
1: Yeah. So I was listening I'm to like, uh, I was listening to a JRR I was at work at a place called Datamax. We were we did printing or printers. And I remember I was on the I was on the uh the uh, the line wrapping up the printers and I remember had my headphones in and heard that. By the way, while we're bullshitting, this scene is kinda of terrifying. Well, remember remember who was one of the producers I, I on know.
3: this? Yeah, John Carpenter, man. I mean like it's there's Ben's Halloween costume this year. Telling you right now, should I do it. You will always get me the practical effects. Yeah, but like I was saying, when he passed, I was I heard it over the radio. I went, like, What? And then like I went home and like went to MTV, it was everywhere. And the next day it was like the the, uh, the candle vigil and around that park in Seattle, I forgot where it was. And then Courtney reading that letter, I was like, "Shit! Like this, it's real! Like damn! Like I liked Nirvana, but I was ne- I was not a Nirvana fan. I, I like there was two other bands that I liked before them. Like I love, to me, the best band that that era was Alice in Chains." Then there was Pearl Jam, then Soundgarden, and Nirvana. That, that, I mean, then Screaming Trees is around there too.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, oh, you because Mud Honey. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, grunge was a certain style or a, a kind of a, a feel to it. But you had metal grunge, and you had songwriting grunge, and you had punk grunge. You know, Nirvana fell in the, Nirvana fell under like that punk grunge influence. Mm-hmm. But then you look at like you know Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains, you could definitely feel they were metal influenced, but they did grunge style you know out of, well pearl jam kind of fell in its own little weird weird little world that they were kind of a mixture of everything by heavily heavily songwriters
3: i love a hey dave me and you have to say dude branch dressing bro and french fries Dude, Dave have grown Will Forte got to be friends. Because, you know, he didn't make no money off this movie. <laughs> they got to be boys. Dude, this, as a musician, you must have been dying watching this scene right here. Him learning how to play guitar again.
1: It's funny, I, I, like, there's so many websites and YouTube guys that do that now, I, my bass instructor, like, when I went to learn to play bass from an actual instructor, he was one of those guys, one of the original guys that made those order VHS, learn how to play instrument VHS tapes. Uh, He was a guy named uh, Beaver Felton, and that's what he did. I didn't order his tapes, I just, he just lived around here, and I just happened to hook up with him, and... Mm. He started teaching me, but when I found out that's what he did, that's where he kind of made his name, was he was one of these mail order, you know, by mail, you know, VHS, and they'll teach you how to play, but off the VHS. So when I see, like, those, I always kind of laugh because I, I know what he did. You want to talk about a fucking <laughs> a moment? I'd never met the guy. Mm. I talked to him on the phone a few times. And I finally set up a, a, you know, a date to come in and you know sit down and like see if I wanted to learn from him, you know, get to talk to him, which I, that's what I loved about talking, being taught by him. He didn't, it wasn't about the music. He wanted to sit down and talk to me and see if we could even get along as you know teacher student.
3: It was so creepy. The and I walked, I walked
1: into this room. to he's like, hey, go into that first room there. There's a little, you'll see the little studio thing, and you know, just grab a seat and you'll pull out your guitar. So I walked in there. Was a, there was a chair for me, and I could, he had like a board. That, that he would sit back and you know, there was no chair back there. So I was like, oh shit, let me go. You know, being a, guy, a nice guy I usually am. And I was like, oh, I'll go go get him a chair. I go out and I find a chair that's like in the in the lobby and I come bringing it in. He's like and I see him come running around the corner or not running but rolling because he's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is there a chair in there for you already? I go, uh, yeah, but I was getting <laughs> you a chair. And he's like, well, don't need one. Man. So that's fun, <laughs> right dude. Off you, bat, you, right off the bat, he and I started...
3: You knew, you knew. And to, to piggyback on that, I used to have a bass instructor when I, I, I had Marge Music back in the day. I took bass lessons for three months. And my teacher, similar to your experience, when I walked in, he's like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, what music? Like, before we, I even picked up, like, my bass guitar I brought it in, he's like, what do you like? Like, what do you like doing? And we were just like, we were just talking about music. Like, you know, what's for your bands? And, like, that was our whole first session before yeah. I even picked up the bass guitar. The next session, he's like, so what was that one curious song you were telling me about? Because, like, uh, Fascination Street has one of the best bass lines. And have you heard then din, 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 din. Like, I love that bass line. So we practiced that bass line for three weeks, and I finally got it. And then, like, um after three months, we were getting into, like, just we we're doing a lot of cure stuff. And then I found that oh, you know, me and my wife were moving to New York City. When he left, I was like, oh, I'm going to keep playing. The next the instructor that came in, he was more theoretical. Like, oh, you have to do that. I'm like, Look you know in the what?
1: background. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Look yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah, have... There's going to be a laser gun. It's the same laser gun from Foo Fighters' first album. It's supposed to be a little Easter egg they they threw in there. Before the raccoon is dead.
3: Oh, the raccoon is dead. That's
1: freaky, by the way. Fucking trash panda. You're mean. Ask me for to get his leg. Go fuck yourself. Guess somebody's not a Guardian fan.
3: I am a Guardian fan. They killed.
1: I I know that's what I'm saying. I guess whoever did that is not a Guardian fan. Yeah, they said his the the laser guns from the from the. Is it? Did we pass it? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. uh,
3: You haven't seen it? I'm looking now. That's old school shit. Yeah, I wouldn't put that shit... Dream Willow. That's the band, yep. I wonder if they're a real band. Is that a real band?
1: I've never heard of them.
3: No. There's Dream Wallow. Dream Widow. stream Dream Widow. Ooh, they sound... They look evil. This is straight Sabbath. What do you think? Is it more Sabbath, more Slayer, or just...
1: That's nah, definitely Sabbath. Yeah, okay.
3: That's the first thing I, I was like, dude, is this a Black Sabbath
0: song?
1: Or honestly, uh, Monster Magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hear Monster Magnet, honestly. Space Lord Mother Mother. <laughs> Uh, listen to more of other Monster Magnet. I just had song. There's a there's a lot more uh some really good shit on there. <laughs>
2: See, this is where it gets really.
3: Now, if you remember, you probably kids you don't remember because you're all not born back in this era. There was a big, big thing. If you had, I mean, back in our day, well, we had vinyl records, yes. That old. Get over it. And like the big thing was if you took a vinyl record by some kind of metal band, like the Black Sabbath Zeppelin. You put it on backwards, it will play like this devil incantations going
2: around. Like some demon speaking to you, like, kill your mom, kill your dad, or some weird shit like that. So that's a little callback to that stuff. Again, like it, it's just supposed to be like a little spoof movie, a fun movie, but I'm trying, I'm just getting over my head. Like, I'll oh, John Carpenter help him out. There's a lot of Carpenterisms in music, like the effects, just oh. Why Doritos? <laughs> Patch me with that freaking pink robe. Now, when I saw this film afterwards, I started listening to Zip Sabbath because I was like, dude, this is totally Sabbath afterwards. Just evil. He mentioned something towards like not towards the end, but like towards the middle of the movie of like, hey, I want you to play drums like the four horsemen are coming. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Oh, we need some shredding so bad. Bring it back, kids. Bring it back, please.
3: Now, I don't know much about about guitars, but I believe the guitar that he has
2: is an Irish Falcon. It looks like an Irish Falcon. It's in my head, man. Actually, no, I take that back. It's not an Irish Falcon. I think it's a fender. As
1: yeah, I say, it was either a fender or a Gretsch. I couldn't yeah, know. I, I just looked at yeah, it the again. Head, was... The head looks like a fender, but the body is kind of a Gretsch.
3: Yeah. The Irish Falcon is a little bit more, as far as like the um, the latter half where he's holding it, it's more defined, I guess. L sharp. All right, Mike. Play some L sharp. (laughs) That's a hell-ass beat, though. I mean I know it's not a it's not a real <laughs>
1: Fucking Wendy. <laughs> I love her to
3: death. I know.
1: Did she have blonde hair? She's somebody, right? That's no, Wendy Cummings. From? Stand up comedian. Never seen Wendy's, Wendy Cummings stand up comedians? Or comedy Was
3: shows? Wasn't she in a TV show
0: too?
1: Uh, I'm sure, she's been in a few things. Let me see. No, I want to. I thought I saw like that face is so familiar. I mean, nothing that I think you would watch. But yeah, she had a she's had a few about five, four or five comedy specials, and uh, did you see Ridiculous Six?
3: Oh, Two Broke Girls. That's where I remember her from. Okay. The roast of Donald Trump.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, she did. She was in a few of the roasts. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, but no, she's primarily known for her stand up comedy.
3: Yeah, I'm looking, okay. I'm like you've been in bands. I'm sure. I mean, look, I'm sure it's not to this extreme. Some dude being possessed by a demon trying to make music, but I'm sure the process, going through a song, like, hey, no, wait, stop, no, do this instead of that. You got to have somebody who's going to be
1: the orchestra, the leader. Well, it's usually whoever brought that song to the. To the, band the table,
3: okay. Yeah. So it could be anybody, not yeah. just okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if they brought a whole song, then yeah, that, that's you know. But yeah, if it's like, hey, we got this kind of weird riff, let's play around with it. Then that, then that becomes like you know, just everybody throws shit at the wall and sees what sticks. Okay. And honestly, you don't really hear what sticks until you like you actually listen to it back yourself. You're like, oh, okay, that didn't work. Thought what I was feeling was something different. I mean but honestly most of the bands I was in you know, was usually like, you know cover bands, so I mean I had a few original bands, but for the most part my experience was always covers.
3: <laughs> I love the face the <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs>
1: You know who I'm kinda of disappointed I have not seen yet and I did not see him on the cast list? Who? Jack Black. Cause Dave's done a lot with him. He played Satan on uh
2: yeah, a you know, couple of um, one of his
1: videos and I was like he was I think it wasn't he in Pick a Destiny too as Satan? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just thought something like this that he would be.
3: Kinda weird, huh? But then I heard um I'm not sure this makes any correlation to it, but they're uh, they're releasing a Kung Fu Panda series on Netflix, so I'm not sure if he, he was doing the
1: voiceover work for that if that overlapped. So just I don't know. Saying. Maybe I know he lives in L.A. I, I mean, not, this not, was filmed in Encino, so it's not. I mean, it's not like it's that far away. I know it was during yeah, the pandemic and all, but I would have
3: another the boys, so they you know can't be
1: too hard. Yeah, that's what I was like.
0: Hmm.
3: He woke them up in the morning, hey man, me a star David. (laughs) Dude, Pat is rocking those pajamas. Like go for you, sir. Good for you. You rock those PJs. He's 62?
1: Man, he doesn't look 62. Yeah. Yep, they're
3: born in 1959. I would
1: say like early 50s. Okay, <laughs> because you got to realize, I mean, the germs, the germs were a in 1976 to 1980.
3: I can't believe you mentioned the germs, man, because I used to listen to some of their shit, too. Just like off-putting, like, oh, okay they're a pretty decent band. Like,
1: mm, pudding. Oh, sorry, you said off-putting.
3: Sorry. Yeah, off-putting. <laughs> There's not a band called Pudding. Although, did you hear the uh, casting for the uh, for Season 3 for Harley Quinn?
1: Yes, I did.
3: Who's yeah. playing Nightwing? Yeah.
1: Dude. Yeah, I was like, uh, oh, kind of interesting.
3: But it, it goes with the show, though. It, it, yeah. it fits the show with the vibe they're going for. So, And by the way, you turned me on to that series, so I cannot say... Hey, that show is gold. It's golden, pony boy. It's golden.
1: <laughs> God, I'm going back and looking at the germs and I just like, it's so crazy to see who was involved.
3: I'm looking them up on Spotify now.
1: Uh, I mean, you, you had John McKay, you had Steve Howe, you had fucking um, Belinda Carlisle. This is, pre, this is pre-Go-Go's. She was a drummer.
3: <laughs> yeah, look at that. Some talent in that band. Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of talent.
3: Look at the all acts associated with them. Jesus, there's a, there's a, actually a biography. I didn't know that there was a film about this. About what? Of the Germs, the lead singer who died. Oh yeah, I haven't seen this. Shane West was the. I gotta watch that.
1: Hmm. They were also in uh, I think decline of Western Civilization part one.
3: My God, dude. I gotta
1: And if anybody out there is interested in the in the in the eighties here metal there's a decline of Western Civilization part two, which is a really interesting one.
3: Dude, that rocks, having John
1: Carpenter in there. Yeah, and him, playing, think, him playing the engineer, the studio engineer. <laughs> is that
3: his son? I think that's his son. I'm not sure. And
1: then and a, a Camino dude? Come on. Well, he was also helped out with the song or the music in this as well. He yeah. wasn't just the, uh, just you know producing. his live stuff
3: i've never seen him live but i watched him some of his live concerts on youtube his his son plays on guitar or something and he plays like synth and all that dude it's really good it's almost like when you see john williams live or hans zimmer like all these composers
1: you think oh there's these composers they do scores no they rock out now is this song that they're writing is this the one you keep you're talking about Yes. Yeah, I've heard that song before. Yeah, it's out. It was yeah, it's it's out. What's it called? I don't know what the name of the song is, but I've heard it before. Does it sound better with 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 vocals or worse? I just know the riff, and I like I said, I, since this album came out last year, so it's probably that's probably where I heard it from. Oh, it came out last year, not this year. Yeah, no, yeah, the movie came out this year. Oh. The, the album, I think, came out like February of twenty twenty one.
3: I thought it, I thought you said the. My bad. I thought you said the album was released this February. Yeah. My bad. I just. <sighs> Will Forte. Underrated comedian, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, he's great. Bone structure. He's got the ranch dressing. Yeah, why would you follow him out there, though? Come on, now. You're a little bit smarter, son. Dude, this shit freaks me out those little those red eyes and like the gore dude come on this is right up my alley That reminds me of Devil May Cry. I, I, I was replaying it a couple nights ago. That those freaky demons as appearing in the shadows with just a red eyes. Hey, there's your food. What's the last good band you heard that was actually new?
1: God, I don't know. Okay, just wondering. Yeah, it's been...
3: Yeah, see? I'm, I'm the same way. I think St. Lucia, for me, was like the last new band, and they've been around for like, what, six, seven years now. But like new new bands are like... is that raw meat Dave (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, according to Dave Grohl, he's saying that the band actually recorded a whole album for the in movie fictional band of a uh, Dream Widow. They've actually recorded those, so you might find eventually you might find a Dream Widow uh, album out there soon.
3: Because the way she describes it, I'm not sure if it's her or somebody later. Like, oh, they were very Jane's Addiction. Like, dude, I dude, early Jane's Addiction was.
1: Badass. Was there anything else of Jane's Addiction? I mean, there's only early Jane's Addiction. I mean, they really only did two albums.
3: Actually, you no. Know Perry Farrell did, was had a decent solo career. Dave I mean, Navarro did one. You didn't like that?
1: Well, I mean, no, I, I think I think "Porno for Pirates" is better than a Perry's solo career.
3: You, you know what?
1: Yes, I take that back. Take that back.
3: Even Dave Navarro's solo album was pretty decent. Was it Rexall that was good? Yeah. I love Change Addiction. Oh, coming down the mountain. You know how I started listening to Change Addiction? Um, I didn't listen to like right off the bat. I listened to an interview with. Um, it was Dave Gone. He was a lead singer at Depeche Mode, and he mentioned how the songs of faith and devotion was based off Jane's addiction of a ritual habitual. So ooh, okay, so I, I listened to that whole album. Like I, I, I broke it. I said, like, "Oh shit!"
1: See, I'd heard uh, of Perry beforehand. He was in a just a, was a small band called Psychom. Hmm. Um, kind of. kind of they were like punky they were more punky than than anything else they weren't they they were they weren't what janes addiction was um but they like included like members of like different bands from from around the area but uh but I, I kind of had heard them there that's where when a, a dave went out to join janes addiction that's what he was expecting to join he or perry was doing a new album getting a new band together he thought mm. he was doing, creating like a new sidecomp but then when he got out there and saw what he was doing, it was completely different. He's like, oh, okay, I can get behind this now.
3: Another Dude, another good guitar player, Dave Navarro. I mean, he's not...
1: Navarro he's would gonna, be one of those ones that, he, yeah, I would put up there pretty high as far as, like, playing style. Like, he, if you let him go, he can, he can shred.
3: Listen to his solo album, kids. Rexall, really good. Yeah, it is, yeah. Really good. Like I, I, I still listen to. That. There's one song. I, I think it's called Rexall, perhaps the self-titled. But it's a video with his then wife, Carmen Electra. It's it's, it's it goes from like high to low. Goes like dreamweaver, na 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 na, something like that. But look at Dave's face. <laughs> Again, as the uh, resident musician in this room, I'm sure you've been there practicing with the band and somebody gets pissed off.
1: and It's, it's usually been me.
3: Oh, really? <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: I would have never figured that out. By the way, if somebody called me weird for liking barbecue hot dogs, you can go F yourself. Barbecue hot dogs are delicious.
1: So you're talking about uh, like Dave Navarro, um there's one well known nineties icon that uh, lumps Dave as one of the last great guitar players of you know guitarists out there. Uh Henry Rollins actually says he, that he still looks yes, at him as one of the last does. great
3: Yes, he does. I have, yeah.
1: I mean, you've got other guys out there. If you look at, like, a, um... Uh, shoot, just do a blank. Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan, you listen to what Billy Corgan does on the, in the albums, that's great. But you listen to him, like, go off and do solos, he grew up to be influenced by, um... He, he was influenced by Ying Vang Malmsteen. Like, he can play that shit, but because of the style of what was going on at the time, he just didn't... Add those solos in there. Actually, there's a live. I want to say it was, I the was twenty twenty fifth yeah. anniversary for Cheap Trick. They did a live live show, and they brought some like celebrities in, and, and he he went up there and played with they them Billy? Yeah, he brought Billy. I think I think it was it for uh, the mandolin the mandolin song. I think it was. I, I,
3: I was, you know what? I was never a big Pumpkins guy or a Billy Corgan guy in my earlier days. I'm not sure if this makes sense, but later on in life, I started liking the Pumpkins more. Oh, look at that! I started liking Billy and the Pumpkins more. I, I, you know, I started appreciating them more and more.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was kind like of the same way. Way when they first yeah. came out, I think his voice like was so. It was annoying. It was
3: very annoying. It was like, oh, God, dude. Like, the only song I liked of his was Zero. Because I loved the – Now, now, I
1: didn't like later Pumpkin's music. I appreciated early Pumpkin's music, Gish, and and Siamese Dreams when I got older, actually. Yes, yeah. You know what? Yeah, Yeah, that when he started getting into his, like, industrial, weird fucking shit when he shaved his head. I'm like, okay, we're good now.
3: like um, he did like um, he did a song for the Batman and Robin soundtrack which the soundtrack is he did like two versions of the same song the end is the beginning is the end and he flipped it the end is the beginning of the end and the latter song they use for the Watchmen trailer that came out later on it's funny because like one was the Batman and Robin soundtrack the later ones for Watchmen which I thought was Fascinating. Oh my god, that sweater is so ugly. I want it.
1: Yeah, I think it was during a door and machina. That's when I, I was like, oh, "What are they doing?" Like, like late nineties, yeah. you know.
3: Like I said, it was one of those bands that, like, my friend Jim Reeves, who's in you know, was in Jersey right now, just had a birthday. Happy forty eighth birthday, brother. Um, he was a big Pumpkins guy. Oh, Jeff, listen to Pumpkins, listen to Pumpkins, man, they're so good. And I listened to Zero, like I just said. Then, unless it's like the nineteen seventy four, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll pass, dude. All right, I'm good. But again, later in life, you do appreciate songs, and those are one of those bands. Like, oh shit! Like you know, he's, he he owns the N.W.A. right now. because you guys didn't know that, he he owns literally the name National Wrestling Alliance, which kind of like blows my mind because you know me and Mike growing up, N.W.A. was like. There's WWF and there's NWA. He owns the rights. I mean, it's not much now, but... Hey, do you know
1: how he got into that? No, I don't. Is it a good story? Rick Rubin. So Real, Rick, told him to do it. Rick, Rick Rubin? Rick Rubin told him, you need to buy that. You need to invest yourself into something like that you love. And they both loved wrestling. And yeah, Rick, Rick, Rubin, Rick was Rubin was a, a wrestling fan? fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Dude, you got to realize back in the day Rick Rubin was like Rick Rubin grew up with the original WWE and R- the original R- NWA. Yeah, or, so yeah, that's when, when I think of Rick Rubin, I think of the bearded guy who produced
3: like the Beastie Boys album. Bingo.
1: Yep, yep. Well, he, he didn't just do BC Boys, he did Slayer, he did, well, he Chili did Yeah, he did. I mean, yeah, no, he was a big a uh, big wrestling fan. Yeah, Rick Rubin's the one that kind of like said, Hey, you know, you know, you need and by to buy the end of Yeah, you need to you know get into into that and that's what he did.
3: That's crazy.
2: Rick Rubin, huh?
1: Well Rick Rubin's a really smart like businessman. I mean you gotta realize everything he's done. You know what? I mean, he got I mean, realized he started mm-hmm. off he started off in jet, with Def Jam Records. You know, then drifted over to Yes a, he did. Yes know.
3: he did. Yeah, yeah, he was a hip-hop guy. Dude, if I told you that I used to have a hip-hop band in high school and I used to record it and have 5 albums out there, would you believe me? Uh, No. No? Okay. So you would need proof? Yes.
1: Okay.
3: Text my brother real quick.
1: So to tell you how big of a wrestling fan Rick Rubin is, Rick Rubin is a fan of professional wrestling, had a lifetime subscription tickets to wrestling or to WWF. Monthly events at Madison Square Gardens. Throughout the 70's and the 80's. Rubin cited. Roddy Piper and Rick Flair's influences. In his work and promotion. Uh, the idea of Solid. being a bad guy. Rappers. That's kind of what he tried to develop. The, the Beastie Boys into. And uh, Rick Rubin. Financially backed. Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain Wrestling. From most of his run. 91 to 94. So yes he is a hardcore wrestling fan so
3: which by the way was one of the first appearances of one chris jericho he
1: was a ta- he was a
3: tag team partner of um lance storm
1: so well yeah they were always tag team partners when they began they well they well, they,
3: together well together. They, yeah back in the day but i'm just saying like their most
1: the first time was in smoky Mountain. i'm pretty sure up north because they they were trained together and they uh and the in the hearts in the dungeon, yeah, they they were they were doing tag team shit up there, just like Edge and Christian were doing tag teams up there.
3: Have you ever seen the um, the WrestleMania seven with Warrior and Hogan? Not seven, I think was was it seven or five? Not sure. It was five. They show a picture of Edge and Christian in the crowd.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
3: dude, that's.
1: Almost like the same thing when they, you know, when you hear Mick talk about his journey when he, you know, hitched a ride or hike, hike, you know, hitchhiked all the way up to go see the Snooker match, and you can see fucking Mick in the crowd oh, with it, that fucking with same Morocco? red. Oh, yeah. and I, you can see yes. Mick in the crowd with the same in fucking the red red flannel because oh, that was his trademark.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah.
1: It's the roaring 90s. I gotta bring back low blows and cheer man. Ugh.
3: Oh. There's just. This... We'll talk off here.
1: Why couldn't it be the Necronomicon from a? I <laughs> from know. People that would have been. Dude, nice. I, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. You could just like.
3: Maybe they didn't like it, dude. It. It's. It is. It's right there Maybe they didn't own the rights or some weird shit But my god You could have done no the- This guy looks like EmoTep from fucking The Mummy series
1: So you're saying all headed guys look the same Yes Okay like, look at his mouth. It's like it's like the fucking mummy. Because he's screaming. You guys are ghost fuckers.
3: <sighs> I have to see her comedy specials. This fella's good too. She's oh yeah, I, yeah, I, I love Wendy. She's hot. Yeah. Fuck. Not sure why they're hanging babies here, but it's cool. I love the fact that they walk in this forest. It makes absolute no sense, but there's like just hanging dolls and weird shit going on. There's a naked mannequin back there with no head. Do you want to get sweaty? The uh, the dude with the short hair, I forgot his name. Pat? Yep. Yeah. No, 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 not, not Pat. The other guy. This guy right here with the beard. Oh, okay, yeah. Nate. Nate? Yeah. That sweater, same sweater that John Schnepp wore. A couple episodes of Heroes, I know. It's a sweaty, deep cut that you guys probably don't know, but you should. So the guy in the, the blue flannel right here, he's the newest member of the Foo Fighters?
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, Chris <laughs> Sheffield. Sheffieldette. Hey, now. Yeah, I'm not sure when he's, but I don't, I'm not sure when he joined, but he, he was originally on, uh, if you remember the band, me first and the gimme give Oh uh, no, I oh, did not. I have to let you listen to some of that shit. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, it was no no use. No use for a name and me first and they give me give me sort of his first bands. And then he joined uh Foo Fighters. I think he's been kind of on and off. Yeah, I think yeah he joined like 2002, so they've been around for a little bit.
3: Okay, now I know who she looks like. Oh. The from the girl from that 70s show who was... Um, oh, shit, not... No, she dated Fez. No, she didn't.
1: Uh, Fez was the guy with the curly hair, right? Yeah, the foreign exchange student. No, it
3: wasn't Fez then. It was the other guy.
1: Are you talking about Laura Preppin or are you talking about Laura Preppin, Laura Preppen. Okay, yeah Yeah. she kind of does look a little bit like That's what I was thinking Yeah, a little bit, yeah
3: I feel the struggle, my friend I know how it is I love that they just had their iPhone
1: lights on. That's so
3: hysterical.
1: Yes, I don't think I don't think Wendy Cummings was in Two Broke Girls, but she created Two Broke Girls. Oh, little Jackal. Nice. Mm-hmm. He's got a heart tattooed. Dude,
3: (laughs) dude, are you kidding me? Uh, uh, Come on now. That's just.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's ridiculous.
3: Typical 80s shit. The bra doesn't come off.
1: Well, I don't think they could for rating purposes. I don't, uh, yeah. I don't know what this was rated as. What did the movie's called? Studio 666. Come on. I mean, the movie. No, oh, it's 69. I mean, then the shirt sure comes off. Dude,
3: that's the sequel.
1: Studio 69.
3: Dude, this is great. This is. Again, like I said, man, It's you don't. It doesn't take much. You're playing some Jackal in the background. How can you hate this movie? You got music, you have lore, you have demons, you have murder, somewhat of a sex scene, you have a, a magical song they're trying to create. I have questions about the ending, we'll get there. By the way, the Garden of the Galaxy game—I I finally finished
1: it. Yeah, don't buy it, please. Really? Yeah,
3: I was I, dude. I was kind of disappointed.
1: Cause I got, I got a friend Raven online saying it's a, it's, a, um, lot, it's it's hands down better than the uh, than the Marvel one.
3: No. No, 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 no. They go somewhere That's And I get the direction they were going with But what they came up with was like Hmm, hmm. So again you don't like the shit that I like So you might like it. You keep that. saying
1: I don't like the shit That you don't like and I do like the shit you do like So
3: Well <laughs> That one night where you busted out With that other shit that we were talking about that I thought you didn't like that you did like I was like oh okay then I was like "Mm." so maybe you might hate this one I mean you're the one in the DC fucking horror stuff and mystical stuff which is kind of weirding me out right now like I wanted to buy King Shazam and Dr. Fate and like you're buying these figures I'm like dude that kind of weirds me out but at the same time it's kind of awesome (laughs) but you bought Lobo you bought you haven't bought Swamp Thing yet Oh, man. What could have been? It has to be a rights issue. Because it it looks like the Necronomicon. Well,
1: there's a lot of books out there like that, so.
3: But no more famous than that one. I mean, if you're a horror guy, rock guy, you know that book. Casual people wouldn't know, but. Again, this is so freaky—the the red eyes and the oh. That was the one thing that I was amazed about this film. With is like the red eyes. This this is scary as shit. This would scare a, a, a normal person. Not my daughter though. She's. She likes horror movies. I blame myself for that. You met her. You know who she is.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: You sure
3: they, they didn't go to high school together? Pretty sure.
0: All right. Ah. Huh.
3: Good drummer too, man.
1: Yeah, now Dave went, to, lived in Virginia and Tyler was in California. So yeah, no, they definitely. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it right go. now. Yeah. All
3: right. I, I thought there was something I saw that they were like in
1: high school. Right? No, They're like three years difference too. So.
3: Okay. All right. Taylor's 50 years old. Good for him, man. Shit. All right. I guess I saw something behind the music where they were like, or some kind of stupid, like, yeah, yeah, I saw him in high school. I just probably saw him out of context then. I've never seen a recorder like that by the way That he's holding Dude, dude. That is a badass drum rip though Dude. <laughs> dude, you can tell Dave is having a ball. He is having so much fun doing this.
1: The band, dude. Pretty sure you know killing off your bandmates that kind of has a uh, you know a yeah. cathartic, you know thing. Yeah,
3: cathartic thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <I> lo- <laughs> oh!
1: Oh, dear! Oh, god! That sounds like a
3: Dude, why? 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 Just, you know, just dump some body parts on one night.
2: <laughs> Why did you
0: oh
3: They have to be Evil Dead fans Because this is very Evil Dead-esque <laughs> <didn't> even see. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what happened to this guy's body?
1: Oh, he, he was just, too so. Okay, it
3: was too, Yeah, that's right. Answer my own question.
2: And those shadow demons are freaky as hell.
3: Now, how would they know the pool's holy water?
1: It's not. They have to bless it first. Oh, and then it'll turn. Like, it's doing right now. Oh.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Man, this reminds me of Night of the Demons. I don't know, man. There's a lot of subliminal messages in here. Where's Ash? Where's Ashy Slashy at? Help me out. Well, you killed Rocket Raccoon. Are you happy now? Dave. Again, this movie's not sure how much it was for the budget, but. Man, it just. And of course, he has to have one of them little Peaky Biters hats on. It's <laughs> fight is so stupid, dude. They piece so shit on this demon. No oh, shit they look like a nineties band
1: she was in um insidious I think no yeah no she's um.
0: No. Yeah, no, no she, she?
1: Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, there's... I think it was Insidious. I can't remember which which one, though. Yeah, Jenna Ortega. Yeah, that's her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was on Scream 5, and... Insidious too, yeah. Ew, she's 19. Fuck. <laughs> it's, um, so she was oh, also yeah. in Iron Man 3.
3: She's only 19. It's frightening. I just stopped looking at this page. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You could have just said it was a Necronomicon, man. It's right there. Yeah, I get it. There's licensing. You could just... I'm not sure who owns that. Sam Raimi owns that, I guess. Maybe. Is it Bruce and Sam. So they they killed the demon and he went into the book. And they went into the book.
1: Well, they were they were ghosts, so or they were they were his victims.
0: Mm.
3: Okay, this is where you should have done credits right here. Everything after this is like, mm. I'm sure you'll defend it, but it's kind of like the end
1: of the Batman. People were like, meh. Listen, I'm a fan of Lord of the Rings, all right? And I'm okay with the fucking 18 fucking endings, all right? So if they're if they uh, got I, if they got two endings here, I'm completely fine with that.
3: <laughs> mm, oh no.
1: You've got just, a, if you got a story to tell, are you gonna are you gonna let me tell you? Hey, you now you're done telling your story. No, I don't know. I just I just, okay. I just kind of felt the story should have ended. Guess what? Stop watching. Turn it off. I'll finish okay. the podcast. No problem. <laughs> Good night, guys. There's a there's a fucking stop button on everything. <laughs> It's funny. It's like there's like there's one more person on this cast I haven't seen yet. And I'm like, well, I wonder when he's showing up. Do a jack.
3: Yeah, your whole band is dead, Dave. So what the fuck? Yeah, there we go. The devil needs to come to rock music. Yeah, see this? Um, I mean, I guess. They're kicking each other's ass. Dude, if you get hit in the balls, you've you, you got to feel it. Come on, don't stop that.
0: Oof!
3: Oof! Oh damn! She got demon blade. Too. Oh drop kick action! Shit! Is that Tracy Lords?
1: No. Okay. Shit.
3: Oh, you just cast a spell? I'm trying to.
2: Oh. Oh do
3: <laughs> poor pat. You're dead. You're dead. Okay, you know what? That was cool. And she looks like Tracy
1: Lords, though. Yeah, it's uh, no. Leslie Grossman. She's um one of the characters from um, American Horror Story. She's been on the Sorry. cast since like 2017. I've never watched *Supercharged*. See, I thought you would be. I thought you would so be all all over that.
3: No, no, my 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 spawn has watched every season, but not me. <laughs> I don't know. I just never got into like the freaky, like the naked guy with the black latex. I know it changes every season, but.
1: And I think you talk about your you know shit you would be into and I thought that would be like right up your alley. I know,
3: right? The, the, it's a common theme for the night like things you think I would like
1: I don't and She was also a Miss Congeniality too. And can't hardly wait. Oh, okay. There he is. Fine. There he is. See,
3: is that Tommy York? Who is that? No, who is that?
1: That's Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, he's on. Um, God, I mean, he's he's was pretty known on. It's um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, Psych. He was a big part of like the first couple of seasons of um, Westwood Westworld. He looks like Tom York a little bit. He was also, if you remember, he was uh, he was Abraham Lincoln's friend in a- Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter.
3: Oh, oh, Vampire. That's right. Shit. So, wait. Dave became a demon at the... Uh, yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, guys. That's Studio 666. I have
1: my thoughts. I'm going to let Mike go first. Uh, being written by Dave Grohl? I think that's a fucking awesome movie for his first time doing something. I mean, what you, you can't be upset with it because it's not a guy that was, like, studying, writing movies. I mean, it, it was done by Dave. So, to me, I think it was awesome. It, it hit every fucking nuance, every fucking horror movie trope. And we talk about tropes before in other, in other episodes. And sometimes we're like, ooh, a trope. But, honestly, ooh, a good Tropes done well. You're going to accept them, Mm. you know. You're always going to accept some great tropes, Uh, and then I mean, I'm I'm big right now. You know, I've been talking about it for a while. You, I've gotten back into reading, and I see tropes all over the place. I see I see Lord of the Rings in almost every fucking book I pick up. But if they're tropes that are done right and respected can't go wrong with it. And I think Dave did great. And he did, like you were saying at the very end, you're like, oh, I wish it would have ended there. What's, a, what's the perfect horror movie thing? You think it's done. You think you're, you're now lulled into thinking, okay, the bad guy's done, but it's not. It's something else or something more. And so, again, another another great horror trope and first-time movie writer. I, I thought it was great.
3: You know, in the last minute of your little diatribe right there, you kind of convinced me because I was like, I was about to say, you know, I didn't like the last five minutes, but the way you worded it out, okay.
1: You know, you it's, know that's, it's, that's it's why good, that's it, why you made me it, go yeah. first because you know that's I was talking yeah, into it. Alone, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I said, I mean, if if, no, if no, I looked just, at I'm I'm it, talk- if I looked at it, and it was a writer, if it was Dave and another writer, if it was Dave and John Carpenter, I I might I might have taken your side, saying, hey, you know what, they should have known better, but this was a story done by Dave. They literally, they were doing it during the pandemic with a low budget, and well, they made a fun movie. I mean, what more do you, would you expect? And again, this proves even more with a low budget. The, the technology is out there. That's why I don't get excited about special effects anymore. Nothing has really, like, gr- drugged I, me into well, going, oh, that's the best special effects. It's the same fucking special effects we've seen for 20 years. Well, you know, agreed. But I love
3: practical effects. Anything. With oh practical? yeah, yeah, no, yeah,
1: practical. I I'm love, all over. Yeah, I'm a big practical. And guy. this like, was a perfect blend because there are a few times some was not, some was not, was not practical effects because oh, yeah, yeah. they didn't have the budget for that kind of thing, but they did have the budget to do digital. And right now, you're finding this great blend of practical and digital.
3: And I think that's what you need yeah. going forward. Like you don't like I like the CGI shit. I I understand what you're saying. Like, yes it's overdone it's not overdone it's just
1: that technology hasn't changed it's it's gotten more hands on for people like you and me you and i can now learn how to do that and buy the software the deep fake that's going on right now we all can get it reach out there and find that shit to me that's nothing special everybody can do it nowadays you know you give me a good mix and a good story i'll be all over that
3: and that's what we kind of got here like i like I was gonna say, hear the songs by the way. Studies, pray by. Okay, so. Okay. I have to look at the soundtrack then.
1: I'll tell you what, after we're done here, we'll we'll hop
3: on in. Yeah, yeah, dude, we we'll you, you, yeah. yeah. you gotta put the soundtrack on. But anyway, uh, Mike, let's get out of here.
1: All right, guys. Make sure you guys do check us out. We've got some great things planned for the Midnight Movies. Some changes that are coming down. Some uh, tweaks, so to speak. Of so, hopefully, you guys will see that. Hey, what is next month? By the way, we're do- we're starting in April. My birthday month, by the way. What did we pick? What are we doing on April? Do you remember? Oh, it's your.
3: It's, I do have the list. We'll talk about it. All oh, do you on. know the
1: theme that we're doing? Is this is this another decade theme? Or are we jumping into the two uh, thousand? What's so
3: it might it might be changed because it is your birthday.
1: Month. Oh no no! I want to go with that. I'm just I'm just trying to throw it out there. It's my birthday. Oh,
3: when month. I tell you what it is offline, you. Would
1: oh okay be. okay. All right, so guys, make sure we got another theme month coming up. So make sure you do check us out and check us out on Here's Asylum Facebook page. And uh what you got there, Jeff?
3: Check out Here's Asylum movies. Check out the Facebook page. You're from Mike to me to you, get to the asylum. We'll see you soon. Later.